I have my wine pop, a full tumbler full of Lambrusco with ice in it, because that's how I fucking roll. Mm. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Because it's my birthday, and it's my birthday. Yeah! Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kersher and Wendy Bowlesby. Dear listeners, to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am Melissa, and I am here with the birthday girl, Wendy. Yes. Yay! My shenanigator in chief. If one of us has a bad idea, the other one is there to turn it into a great idea. And if one of us has a great idea, the other one is there to be the getaway driver. We are co-catalysts. Yes. We we just it's like a positive feedback loop. It just keeps going and going and going. <laughs> Much like global warming. It's it's just inevitable. We just churn along unstoppable. Absolutely. <laughs> Mad Max. The the Mad Max dystopian world wishes they had us as a fuel. Yes. 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 <laughs> We're both going to be strapped on the front of a car as blood bags. You know this. <laughs> and we're going to have a great time. Oh, yeah. I'll be singing songs and jazz hands. Woo. No, see, what they'll have is an additional AV that feeds us liquor right into our bloodstream. And then it goes to the, the boys. Yes. <laughs> driving yes. the car. I'll be, I'll be strapped in the front being like, go faster. <laughs> Shiny and chrome. Shiny. <laughs> I'm so Shiny. Anyway. Um, oh, Jermaine Clement. Yay. Yes. Alrighty All right. Then. Um, so uh, I have no idea if you're going to splice in what we were already talking about. I think I'll, I'll throw it in at the end as a as a treat for the listeners. Right okay. at the end, we'll, we'll have our little little discussion. So dear listeners, just, you know, wait till after the end music. There's usually a little button there. It's a slightly longer button this time. I mean, it's a podcast about movies, so I feel like a credit cookie is appropriate. And it's and it's a it's a podcast about things we love. Yes. And that indeed was something <laughs> we loved. <sighs> so for right now, uh I've got a couple of things that I want to talk about that I discovered this week. What about you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I um, I wa- I actually watched a lot of movies this week, which I haven't been. But um, specifically for my birthday, I went and did something that I have not done in a very long time. Mm-hmm. I probably have done it since the pandemic, but I don't remember doing it. So that kind of mm-hmm. tells you something. But I went to see a movie by myself 
<gasps> Yay! Which is something that I love to do. For as much as I'm an extrovert, there is something very indulgent feeling to me. Um, and it's not that I need to be the only person in the room or anything like that. It, like, it can be full of other people, but I there's just something that I love about just me taking myself to the movies. And Same. So I went to see avatar the way of water because i looked at what what, everything that was out and i was i do want to see megan but i'm like i'm like that one i want to see with someone i feel like that one benefits kind of like barbarian like you i get the sense that the vibe on that is it's more fun if you've got somebody next to you where you can both go what the fuck right um you you know who made megan right who the people who made housebound that's right. I did know that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm right. So I feel yeah. like I have also not seen it yet, and I am feeling like I'm missing out because I need that movie in my life. But anyway, anyway, moving on. You saw Avatar. I saw Avatar because uh, I looked at the movies that were out, and I was like, okay, what? which one's going to benefit from being on the big screen? And obviously, Avatar The Way of Water. And uh, I saw a trailer for... Christopher Nolan's newest epic and look it's not that he doesn't make good films but by god his ego is just writ large all over him holy mm-hmm. like like honestly they should just he should have a production company that's just like uh egotistical white man uh that just pops up from white man Oppenheimer <laughs> like you can leave off the egotistical but just from a white man it's Oppenheimer and it's going to be a three hour epic that's so serious and important and just like, and it'll probably be good. And I love Chilean Murphy and I am actually fascinated about that particular number one, that project, the science behind it, Mm -hmm. the morality behind it. I love that time period in terms of, you know, art design and costume. I'm going to see it. And he does make like, really well-crafted movies i just wish i felt like he had an inkle of a sense of humor (laughs) that's fair just just a scotch just a scotch scotch. anyway um so avatar the way of have you seen it yet miss melissa no i have not okay um like it's impossible to ruin a movie like this right we can we can agree on this um i am finding as i get older that Movies that hinge on conflict based on exploitation and oppression, it takes me a bit to like if it, 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 I feel it so hard in my chest mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Um, it's actually not enjoyable. I literally had to be at the middle of the in the in the beginning of the movie, like everything's going to turn out okay because that's the kind of movie this is. Right, <laughs> I had to tell myself that. Because, like, I mean, no big spoiler, but of course the colonizers come back. Of course they're coming back even worse. And, like, and it's just so awful and ugly. Um, What I do love um, is that by expanding the world, we're now getting into, like, it's not just one race, the Na'vi, that there are different cultures and tribe as tribes or whatever they're calling them 
And so by going to a water-based culture, which is very clearly Maori, I haven't done any research to know whether or not James Cameron did appropriate and respectful research on that. But it is very definitely Maori culture that he is riffing on. The, the body tattoos, uh, the beliefs. Um, but all that being said, like James Cameron... <laughs> Kind of unlike Christopher Nolan, James Cameron can make an epic that is just really entertaining. Mm -hmm. Like, that's big and emotional and grabs you, but never feels, like, overwrought in the same way that Christopher Nolan does, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, don't get me wrong, the ego's still there. Uh, Oh, God, yeah. um, But for a three-hour runtime, the time passed really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um they're they're clearly setting up like it's not a cliffhanger but they're clearly setting up that there's another movie coming there are some unanswered questions with uh with one of the characters um like i could wish for more of some of my favorite characters like i love the curly haired scientist dude um, from the first movie and you get a little bit of him but like I could wish for more and I love the character of Norm I could wish for a little bit of more but mm-hmm. we do instead get like really gorgeous visual like water-based visuals and the ecology like it's gorgeous there is a part of me that like is sort of stunned at how crazy good our computer graphics have gotten because mm-hmm. The integration of a live action person in this surrounding was so seamless. I didn't even ever notice it ever. Mm-hmm. I I just bought it. And at the same time, there's a part of me. It's like, I mean, if we're just going to do this, why don't we just make it a video game? <laughs> right. Like, I'm, I'm really just paying to watch a cartoon. It's a very, mm-hmm. very, very fancy cartoon. But also, I don't have any problem with like the art form of animation is amazing and glorious. Um, Mm -hmm. So ultimately I sort of picked it because I was like, ah, sure. Why not? Whatever. But I mean, I do rewatch avatar on the regular because it's just such a clear, satisfying hero's journey story. Oh yeah. Um, I will say so much of, so much of what James Cameron does in his movies is they're very simple stories mm-hmm. told very well. Told very and, well. And there you are. Um, the, one, the one kind of problem I have, and this is, like, I kind of appreciate that it's appropriate, but, like, is that Jake Sully, it's now, he's now a father. It's all about his family. And he's, family. A, he's a military dad. Oh. And of course he is. Mm-hmm. Of course he is. So I kind of appreciate that, of course, that's the kind of dad he would be. But also all of the tropes and cliches, which are cliches for a reason um, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of instances. But, like, there's nothing really new being told there. Like, he's a hard-ass dad, but also he kind of needs to be because the fights come back and blah, blah, blah. So, Yeah. I liked it. Um, Do I think it should be up for best picture? No. Um, (laughs) Am I looking forward to the next movie? 
yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Will I probably watch it several more times on rainy days? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So what about you, Melissa? I had a good week. I ran across a couple of really good things that um, I really enjoyed. And so, uh, first of all, I want to recommend a movie called Throwdown. Um, I want to say it was uh, uh, 2004. It's a Johnny Toe movie. It is kind of a martial arts movie. It's on the Criterion channel. So a martial arts movie on the Criterion channel, definitely an interesting thing. But Uh it is a movie about a... Basically, it's a trio of people. Uh, One of the people is a guy who used to be a judo master, but and kind of a famous judo fighter, but now he's just a drunk that works in a nightclub. Uh, The second person is this woman who's down on her luck. She wants better things for herself uh, because she's been forced into prostitution. She doesn't want that. She wants to be a singer or an actress or something. So she goes to the nightclub, gets a job as an actress or uh, a singer, and, you know, kind of falls in with this drunkard Judah guy. And, but they're, it's not a romantic relationship. They're just kind of intersecting with each other at this time in their lives. And the third person is this guy who keeps turning up at the nightclub asking to fight the famous judo guy. And, you know, he, he wants to pick fight judo fights with people who are masters and beat them because that he, he wants to, he's a master of his craft and he wants to not necessarily beat them, but, you know, test his own metal. Yeah. And so it's the push and pull between these people. And there's like, you know, Yakuza involved in gambling and money troubles. But the movie, rather than focusing on the fighting or violence or all of this stuff, it's about kind of the interplay between all the characters. Huh. And it's very charming and beautifully shot. Um, Johnny Toe is one of the people that... um, Quentin Tarantino really likes, and you can really tell in a lot of, (laughs) if you know the linkages there, uh, Tarantino kind of borrows a lot of the uh, visual language from Johnny Toe from his 1990s movies. It's always fascinating when you're you're a film lover and you see something, like you know something really well, and then you watch an older film and you're like, oh, that's where that came from. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... One of the things I appreciate about Tarantino, he's got a lot of problems, believe me. There, that's a problematic human there. But he is always open about who his influences are. And yeah. he likes guiding people to people like Johnny Toe. So uh, Throwdown is on Criterion right now. If you've got Criterion, look it up. It's really okay. a pleasant little... Uh, there are moments of just pure delight in the movie. Like early on, there's a scene where we meet the female character and she's getting thrown out of the the apartment she was renting and the, the uh, roommate or landlady is literally throwing her out in the curb and throwing st- her stuff at her just out into the street. And the our female character, whose name I totally forget, I'm sorry, but she's just standing there watching all this, eating a bowl of ramen, just shoveling it into <laughs> her mouth. And the the other woman's just screaming and throwing stuff in the alley, and this woman is just calmly eating her ramen. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just 
it, each scene is kind of like that. It's just kind of these little, little character vignettes okay. all tied together. Sure. It's just so charming. It's really charming. Um, and then the second thing that I discovered that really delighted me, this one's on Shudder. It's called <laughs> Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell. <laughs> okay. So first of all, <laughs> that's a title. But also, uh, it was made in 1995 with no budget whatsoever. Uh, it was filmed on like Super 8 film in Japan. And basically the guy who made it was wanting to make his own version of Evil Dead. Oh. You can tell he very much very much wanted to make his own Sam Raimi movie. Right down to it it's a love letter to Evil Dead. It's Aww. it's not even pretending to be anything else cuz it's about these three people who uh go into this uh abandoned Japanese house where like a murder happened earlier and the house kind of eats them and keeps them inside. And then there's like possession and demons and blood, blood, blood and dismemberment <laughs> and all this. But it's right down there to the whip pans and the weird possession shit. And, uh, uh, and the, the guy who's the director is, who's also playing the main character is very clearly, trying to impersonate Bruce Campbell, <laughs> oh. but also a little bit of Bruce Lee. So Bruce Campbell, a little bit of Bruce Lee, Japanese guy with a Super 8 camera. It's great. It's really great. The thing that really makes it work, I mean, yes, it's a no-budget movie. There's pacing problems. It's awkward. It's uh, there. There is like no budget involved. This is all stuff that they cooked up in their mother's kitchen. But... Uh, when it gets to the really wild, crazy shit at the end, they really go for the gold. I mean, this is a movie that is made on gumption and caro syrup. And it just <laughs> makes me so happy. And it's only like an hour long. It's only an hour long. So oh very small investment. Very small investment. And uh, definitely, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But if you get joy out of people who just want to make a movie... This is it, man. And also, this movie um, kind of hid until about, I think, 2007. It was kind of rediscovered. It was never released anywhere. Um, huh. It was rediscovered and then edited together in, like, the 2010s and then finally released in 2017. So it's this weird little... Just this weird little thing that took 20 years to complete yeah so weird yeah it's fascinating okay so, but if, if you have shutter and an hour to kill it's and, pretty fun and see that's the thing like i'm struggling right now in that like often i don't want to watch tv because i know that if right. i start tv i'm gonna watch three or four hours or like right. the tv i want to watch it's like i don't want to start a new series we're already in the middle of something but i don't want to watch a movie that's two hours long. So a movie that's an hour sounds perfect, <laughs> which is why we've ended up like, um, we're still working our way very slowly through it, but we've been watching um, 
the uh, Cabinet of Curiosities, uh, mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, because like, please, you know, it's perfect for those times when you don't want to commit to a movie or a TV show is an anthology series. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so, wow. I have, okay. I have one more. I have oh one more. Oh my goodness. So, this is something that I saw. It's a buffet. I I had a good week, like I said. Um, this is something I've seen before, but it's something that I realize I keep coming back to and I keep watching again. And it's the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Okay, we started that, but we never finished it. But it was also the height of the pandemic. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, okay, talk about it was that. The, it was the first movie of the pandemic era where it just made me laugh uncontrollably. <laughs> I and I so very clearly remember that. Like, if you remember early pandemic, we're all indoors and we're all just wallowing in our depression. And this is the first thing that just caught me funny, and <laughs> I've. I could not stop laughing. But yeah, it's Coen Brothers. It's an anthology film. So it's basically six short films strung together on a theme. They're all Westerns. And um, of course, it's the Coen Brothers. So everybody on the planet wants to work with them. So it's got an incredible cast. Mm-hmm. And the the story is very in tone from like outright comedy for the first one. And the second one's pretty lighthearted too. But uh, they... They, you know, there's some pretty dark ones. There's the the final ones, kind of an allegory. Uh, there's it it kind of comes and goes. So like some of the stories you might like, some of them you might not, but they're all very interesting. And I keep coming back to it because, um, there's. I mean, it's the Coen Brothers, and it's the Coen Brothers just kind of doing stuff that they want. <laughs> <laughs> and uh i i especially love that first segment which is the comedy one where um god i forget the actor's name but he he comes in he's the singing cowboy he's wearing tim all white tim and, blake nelson yes tim yeah. blake nelson tim blake nelson and he comes in he's wearing all white and he's a singing cowboy you expect he's a good guy but he's not yes. <laughs> but he has he has the turn of phrase and the little sober case and and uh the overly flowery uh uh dialogue and it's just hilarious because <laughs> he, he just walks in and just outright murders people (laughs) yes i remember that bit i remember that yeah it's hilarious and the thing that caught me funny was when he meets clancy brown at a poker table and i won't say any more about that but if you see clancy brown stand up in all of his like 18 foot tall glory that's where the funny part hit me (laughs) clancy brown is a delightful human i got to chat with him in the hallway at fantastic fest and he was very approachable and charming i was very pleased by that yeah i i wound up uh i've walked past him many times it's one of those things where you just kind of do the the double take of like holy shit it's the kurgan (laughs) because he's huge you know he's huge he really is quite tall and that voice man but anyway i mean he's just he's just there for an inkling but uh just a tiny little bit part but you know when you use clancy brown I mean, it's, it's great. like, you can't get too much, but also a little bit of Clancy Brown is also, like, 
like that is a potent flavor profile yeah. that will mm-hmm. definitely uh, make itself known in your in your recipe. It's like curry. Yes. Yeah. Clancy yes. Brown is like curry. <laughs> but also the another one that I really like, there's a, I think the fourth segment it is, um, where Tom Waits plays an old prospector. And I, it's just yeah, kind of beautiful. Yeah, I think we get to that one. It's kind of beautiful. I know we beautiful. got a little bit more than halfway in our mm. viewing of it. Um, but I mean, like, all, we all remember at the height of lockdown, like, God, everything was weird nothing hit right food t- mm-hmm. did, food didn't even taste normal yep <laughs> it was so odd <laughs> <sighs> so there's that so yeah like i said it's been a good week did I you have of, anything else no no oh, I'm, okay. um, uh i need to watch war now what was funny yeah. was so i saw patan with mike mm-hmm. salters and mm-hmm. um, Mike Salter said that Josh Hurtado had told him he, that he had just watched a film that Josh had recommended that was the gayest Bollywood ever. And hmm. then as I was looking up, I'm like, but y'all, it's very clear. Like you can see how Patan is set up to be, they're referring to other characters and the character of Tiger is like, I'm on a mission. Come when I call. And then he never comes back. So you're like, okay, they're setting up the next movie. And right. you had mentioned it's a uh, multiverse. So I looked up the director and I'm like, cause I was like, there's another movie and it, I know it stars Ritik Rashan. Um, mm-hmm. So let me look it up real quick. And I'm like, Oh, that's what it is. It's called war. And then Mike Salters was like, that's the one Josh watched me to watch. <laughs> wanted me to watch. And I watched it and I really liked it. And I'm like, that's Ritik Rashan that you got to see, who is also mm-hmm. a very pretty human, but Oh my gosh, Shah Rukh's glorious locks. Right. Just blowing. Right. And his man bun. <laughs> I have never wanted to grab somebody's man bun, like a joystick so hard in my life. <laughs> And, and his, Are you going to guide him like yes. Ratatouille? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'll, you, you, you can make some educated guesses on what I would be guiding him to do. And <laughs> his dimples have gotten even more charming as he has gotten older somehow. Mm-hmm. I cannot even. <sighs> I, I was telling you, he's aging well. He, well he's I aging mean, very well. Mm, 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 mm. mm. Mm, yes and he, and he hasn't he hadn't made a movie in five years and this is his return yeah, what he, a glorious return he kicked down the door on his mm-hmm. return he's like excuse me i'm coming in yeah he's like emperor's new groove jeff boom baby just kicked down the door <laughs> absolutely absolutely uh so i need to watch war i might have to go back mm-hmm. and watch the first avatar like I said, it's it's kind of a comfort watch because it doesn't mm-hmm. expect a whole lot from you mentally. Right. Yeah. And it's got Sigourney Weaver. And I do. Mm-hmm. By the way, they find a way to include Sigourney Weaver's character in the sequel in a way that I find really interesting. Huh. James Cameron knows how to spin a yarn. He really mm-hmm. does. Anyway. Um, so I was th- sitting here thinking, what is something that has brought me joy this week? Melissa. Yes. I have a new phrase that I need on a t-shirt and, um, okay. 
I'm going like and unapologetically, this came from me, but it came from me when I was in a very silly tipsy state. So on last <laughs> Thursday night, um, in, for my pre-birthday, I requested a Zoom with some of my fantastic fest chums with Carl and Lana and mm-hmm. Luke and Bex and Lola Mullen and her husband Bradley. And as it turns out, Maggie, who's staying with him, who's a friend of Carl and Lana, because we all okay. did, um, we did an event at Fantastic Fest together, and now we have a whole like group chat. Anyway, we played Jackbox games. Ooh. And the game that we played is the one where you make t-shirts. Have you played this one? Yes, I have. That game is always good for at least one almost pee yourself guffaw. So (laughs) uh, after playing, we played several rounds of Quiplash and, and another game. And so like the whole vibe of the group, first off, I had been drinking and I was tipsy, but the vibe was very like poop centric, but also very absurd and weird and nonsensical. People were really getting off on that. So when you get to the point where you have to enter t-shirt slogans, the words that are going to go on the t-shirt, and you want to do it as quickly as possible to get as many in there without thinking about it, a phrase came flying out of my fingertips that I didn't even pay attention to. And then it got selected, and it popped up on screen, and the image with the t-shirt was this unicorn leaping with a rainbow sort of jumping out behind it, um, you know, in not high not not well done like this is people scribbling on their phones with a finger but that's the image and the phrase was underneath it and it destroyed everybody and the phrase melissa was that bitch is buttered (laughs) (laughs) and i was like I wrote that, but also I don't really remember writing that. And also that's hilarious. <laughs> and it <laughs> continues to bring me joy because on Friday night we went out for karaoke. Lola and Brad joined us and somebody went up and was absolutely slaying. And I looked at Lola and I just went, that bitch is buttered. And Lola about <laughs> fell on the floor. <laughs> So this phrase is bringing me joy, and also I need it on a t-shirt, and also I need it to live forever. (laughs) As a t-shirt, of course. Everybody needs to know this phrase. I feel like Rihanna at the Super Bowl yesterday, that bitch Uh was buttered. (laughs) So that's what's been bringing me joy. What about you? Perfect. Um, I watched, with Kelvin... Schmigadoon. <laughs> Isn't it glorious? It's really cute. <laughs> I mean, I assume you got most of the the musical references. Oh God, of course I did. Okay, good. So dear listeners, it is a six episode TV series and apparently season two is on its way. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. But anyway, a six episode TV series on Apple TV where uh, it's Keegan-Michael Key and, oh, what's her name? Um, 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 um. I love her. I know I love her, and why is it I can never remember her name? And then I feel like an I feel like I'm the patriarchy. (laughs) You're the patriarchy. I am the patriarchy. (laughs) Cecily Strong. Cecily Strong. Thank you. And they they're they're a couple who have been you know dating for like four or five years, and you know they're having a little bit of relationship strife. They go camping, and then suddenly something happens, and they're basically in Brigadoon, except. It's 
people going, oh my God, they are from the real world and they've been suddenly dropped into a world of musical theater. Mm -hmm. And they're totally, so it's like fourth wall breaking meta story where they're involved in this musical world, this little town that... And the rules of musicals apply, Mm -hmm. and Cecily Mm -hmm. Strong knows them, and Keegan-Michael Key does not. Yeah. But also the cast is a musical lover's wet dream. Yeah, they got everybody, because, you know, Alan Cummings, the mayor, because of course he is. Mm -hmm. And you've got... Kristen Chenoweth. Kristen Chenoweth. And uh, there's like half the cast of Saturday Night Live. Uh, (laughs) Jane Krakowski, definitely. Jane Krakowski. Martin Short. Uh, Jenna Mulroney, is that her name from 30 Rock? uh, Yeah. 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 And Uh, um, just just everybody who can sing and dance. And they just like, kind of smash them in, and into this. For the, and it's specifically like 40s and 50s musicals. Yes. Um, it is old school musicals. So, um, and those who follow more like Broadway right now, Aaron Tveit makes an appearance yep. if you're, yeah. you're up on, um, on your musicals right now. And also Ariana DeBose, who of course was originally in Hamilton as the Bullet and then of course got her Academy Award for the new West Side Story. Yeah. She she's in it. And I'm just like, they got they got fucking Ariana DeBose. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Oh my God. Yeah, it's and then like not only do they get Aaron Fight, but he literally does carousel. And I was <laughs> yes. Chris and I were howling with laughter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, uh, oh yeah like you can watch them make their way through and so like one of the things Chris and I were positing as a theory was like this was very clearly golden age musicals from the 50s early 60s right this was Oklahoma and Carousel and all of those right mm-hmm is the second season going to move into the 70s with like yes. Pippin and Godspell? It's going to be called Schmicago. Oh my God. Oh my God. I just had an orgasm. Oh my God. I thought you might. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was really hoping I could bring that news to you, Wendy. I hadn't heard that and I am so excited right now. Oh my God. It's Schmicago. It's Schmicago. <sighs> yeah. A little, and, oh, that means we're going to get a little chorus line. If we've got Chicago, we've got uh-huh. chorus line. Mm. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I have to fan myself. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> this show is so wonderful. I'm it's so glad you fun. watched it. Yay. <laughs> and and that's one of those things where, you know, Kelvin and I were, we caught up on Poker Face because another episode had come out. By the way, you need to watch Poker Face. We watched the, most the recent first one episode, but then like, I know. No, I need, you to... need to get the rest of them. Yeah, but I Just have to watch subscribe. Uh... And they don't have like a, they don't have like a, just a trial period thing. I know. So I probably will at some point. I really liked the first okay. one. I know, okay. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Anyway. But anyway, um, <laughs> the most recent episode of Poker Face <laughs> takes a pot shot at Hamilton. Oh. 
<laughs> there's uh uh the main character gets a job working in a dinner theater like chan hassan dinner theater level dinner theater okay and one of the the one of the shows that they show for just briefly like a 10 second gag is frankly franklin <laughs> It's so great. It's so great. That's so a, yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, dear listeners, Shemigadoon, Poker Face. Yes, we are. I generally don't watch TV shows, which means if I'm watching TV shows, they're really freaking good. We are in a golden age of TV shows right now. We are. Oh we my really God. Are. There is so much good that is so good that is happening. I just, I literally, I literally cannot. Yeah. Or rather, if I'm watching a TV show, it is either really, really good or it's one of those uh, Netflix docuseries about like royalty in the 1400s. That's like, we want our own Game of Thrones. Let's make something about Versailles. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. uh-huh. There's some fun ones. The, the, you know what? The uh, the Borgias is pretty good. But okay. anyway, that's a whole different podcast. That's a whole different <laughs> podcast. Okay. So, Melissa, um, I feel mm-hmm. like we've done everything we came here to do. Um, we of course, did. it is my birthday, which means I need to go drink more. And yeah. um, so uh, can you can you take us on out? I can. Thank you, dear listeners, for joining us for another week of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. We love sharing our our loves with you. Uh, if you have loves that you think we'd enjoy or anybody else would enjoy, just drop us a line, email us, contact us on Twitter if Twitter is still alive. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you can find us like uh, do we our website's always there. Instagram? Oh, for fuck's oh, sake! Oh God, no! Please. Oh. oh. Okay, Mastodon? we'll talk about that later. No. No. Okay. Because uh, we were saying goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, dear yes. listeners. Goodbye, dear listeners. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. So you saw Avatar. Uh, did you see Pathan? I did. What did you think? Oh my goodness. Um, I think my favorite part of Pathan was, so I w- it was Mike, me, Barbara, Chris. And I think my favorite part was listening to Barbara and Chris giggle themselves silly throughout <laughs> the entire movie. Perfect. And then Barbara and I having very definite moments of, wow. Right. Mike started laughing because there was the the shirtless reveal where I literally said out loud, oh, shit, damn, son. I told you he went trapezoidal. I know. Oh, it my was, God. It was glorious. <laughs>